We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select... Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. The late shot on the middle. Oh, oh, the Marketing. The crossover. Levine. Get up or get out the way, Trey Young. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here, as always, with Jason Patton. We have a special guest joining us today from Denver. That's TJ McBride, who has his own Nuggets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. He's been covering the team in Denver for Mile High Sports as well. His Nuggets podcast is called Rocky Mountain Hoops. You can subscribe to that. Uh, TJ made a great guest appearance on the Bulls HQ podcast with our buddy Mark, our buddy C. Red Fred last week. Definitely go listen to that interview as well. He had some terrific insight on New Bulls VP Arturis Karnaschovas and about his time in Denver, his path to Chicago. A lot of great stuff in there. We're going to continue the conversation with TJ. But uh, first, Jason, the Bulls made some other moves this week. They We always heard there was going to be multiple front office hires in this plan, and uh, we saw that come to fruition already. Yeah, first hire we saw them make uh, reported was J.J. Polk. I'm not going to say I know much about this guy. So he's coming from the Pelicans. He went to the University of Illinois Law School. David Griffin was talking good things, saying good things about him. So that's, I mean, coming coming from David Griffin, he's obviously great. So that's good stuff for for them. Uh, There was a report. We'll also ask T.J. about this that. Karnaschovas is looking to bring, I believe it's Pat Connolly, which is Tim, Nuggets president Tim Connolly's brother, who's a scout for the Nuggets. He was an assistant GM, I believe, for the Suns before that the Bulls are looking to bring him in. And then there's obviously there's all the rumors about the GM stuff. They have to that's gonna be the biggest hire. The Polk thing was for an assistant GM. It sounds like the Bulls are gonna bring in multiple assistant GMs and something that they've always had a smaller front office. So the fact that they're gonna have multiple assistant GMs out because they want to build this depth, that's good. 
Uh, then I mentioned the GM thing. There's been a bunch of names. I know Woj reported. Um, I know after there's been, been a, some controversy about the Bulls' lack of diversity. Like Michael Reinsdorf even had to defend themselves. And there was some stuff about Troy Weaver, the Oklahoma City guy, that he didn't like. He supposedly declined an offer. I know Cowley mentioned him as a possible GM candidate, but it doesn't sound like there's really good blood there. But we've seen, uh, I believe it's. The four main guys that Woj reported were Calvin Booth, Mark Eversley, Matt Lloyd, Mark Hughes. Booth is a guy is with the Nuggets. He might be in line for a promotion with uh, to take Karnaschovas's old job. Eversley is with the Sixers. Matt Lloyd, a former Bulls front office guy, is with the Orlando Magic. Mark Hughes is with the Clippers. Some other names that have been thrown out there are Michael Finley. I mentioned Troy Weaver in that controversy. I know Shane Battier is brought up, but Cow- Joe Cowley said that he, the Heat probably won't let him leave. So the Bulls are working on building out this uh, what looks to be a diverse front office. Like, I know Vinny Goodwill reported that they that they want to make uh, the GM hire be a person of color, and most of these candidates, I think, besides Matt Lloyd, are 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 pr- people of color. So that that is good to build out this diverse front office. Again, the Bulls have historically had a very small front office, so building that out is really good. Uh, but now let's talk more about the the main man in charge here, Arturis Karnaschovas. TJ, welcome to the pod, and thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. I've been fans of both of your work for a while, so it's always good to come talk some hoops. Awesome. So just, I guess just get, just give us your general take on the hire. Do you think – I mean, obviously, Karnaschovas was the GM under with under Tim Connolly. He did a good job there building the Nuggets. They're one of the best teams in the West. Do you think the Bulls hit a home run here? What – what kind of stuff did he do in Denver? How did he help that team build and become one of the better teams in the Western Conference? What's so interesting is that I think he was one of the most ready executives to step into this kind of lead executive role that you could find out there in the market currently. But to go beyond that, his skill set is specifically tailored to what the Bulls need to get themselves out of whatever has been going on for the past decade or whatever and move into the future and kind of separate themselves from the Tom Thibodeau era and finally get out of this gray area that they've been stuck in for a while now. Arturis is really interesting and the, the best way I can kind of encapsulate who he is is and this is what i wrote for mile high sports is tim Connolly once told me that there's nobody that can walk into any gym in the world and be the most respected person in that gym like arturis karnashovas can do and he has this mystique this prestige around him and that is a far cry away from what is currently going on where you have all these uh, you know you have boiling and all the chaotic that's going on with that and the front office is always in flux and the ownership is kind of always just away and I don't want to say hiding, but not in the public light, all of those issues will not be there with Arturis. He will stand there in front, answer the questions, face the music. He is a 100% blunt individual. He does not try to hide or get around circumstances, and he attacks things head on. He is relentless. And the biggest part of what allowed him to thrive with the Nuggets front office is that he is hyper-organized. I have been told that if you go into his office, there is a whiteboard of every single team written out with every single player written out, with every single player by position, by color, as well as two-way guys so he can at least look at what is going on at any given time. That is not how Tim Connolly is, which is why they work so well together. And those are just kind of the few things that kind of make up who Arturis is. He's one of the most interesting people I have ever spoken to. He's the most well-cultured basketball person that I have ever spoken to because he's played in every corner of the globe. He really just has a respect globally that very few people in basketball 
basketball have. And that, in my opinion, is one of the most important traits he's going to have to be able to bring to this Bulls organization. TJ, I'm glad you mentioned uh, you know, some of your dealings with him. I'm curious, as a credentialed member of the media, how often were uh, you able to speak to him? How often was he speaking to the media? And what was he like as sort of like a public face? Because I think that's going to be a big part of his role in Chicago. It's no secret that John Paxson uh, didn't really feel super comfortable speaking to the media. Over the last couple of years, the media was absolutely hammering him. Jason and I had been doing this for <laughs> even beyond the last couple of years. Uh, he had really had the mainstream press on him, Paxson did, uh, the last couple seasons. So... Karnaschovas, one of his main responsibilities, I think, is just going to be talking to the public and being able to be the public face of the organization. I'm curious what your dealings were like with him in Denver and how often he even was speaking to the media, what his experience with that is. So he didn't speak to the media much because the Nuggets president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly, took along a lot of those roles. He was the face of the franchise in that regard. So that kind of – it wasn't because Arturis didn't want to. It just wasn't part of his role. He has done media availabilities, but I saw him and spoke to him almost every single game that I was at. He was always on courtside, walking around, talking to people, um, just keeping his fingers on everything, having his finger on the pulse of everything that is going on in that arena. So because of that, I've had the conversations of just, you know, whether it's the fact that he loves pop music and EDM or the fact that he got interviewed by the KGB before being allowed to play for Seton Hall as the first member of Soviet Russia to go to the United States to play college basketball. He's told me stories of Turkey where they've had to have military personnel surround around the court with machine guns and put nets over the court because fans were so crazy. The diversity and what he has been able to see as an individual with or without basketball, it just makes him such an interesting figure. On the other hand, people are terrified of him. He's stoic. He's not somebody who is, um, he's not long winded. He's not going to say things for you to make you feel better. He's saying what he needs to say and he's going about his business. And that can kind of rub some people the wrong way when they're not ready for that kind of engagement. So while he'll have no problem standing up in front of the media and saying exactly how he feels about things, people might not necessarily take it the right way because it's going to be blunt. It's going to be extremely direct. He's not the kind of person to shy away from those things. And that's going to be a very interesting part of the Chicago media. It personally, people are going to love Arturis, but when it comes to him having to answer for mistakes that he will inevitably make as a first-time lead executive, I'm curious how that goes. He hasn't had to do it yet. I mean, I, that sounds that sounds great to me. I, I'll take a no no nonsense guy who's not going to shovel bull crap. I mean, obviously, there's always some kind of bull crap that people that front office types will give, but I mean, that's that sounds great to me. I mean, yeah, because just Ricky talked about it. It's like the with Paxson, he's just been he's been he's talked a bit more lately, but then like between him and Gar, it was just like it just felt like it was just like loads of crap over and over again. So to have this kind of mindset in here, that this does, that sounds, sounds like a breath of fresh air, even if he, if he is blunt and they'll be curious to see how the media does, does deal with that. Uh, I guess I want to get into just then, I guess like his general philosophies about basketball, about like play style, about what makes a team successful. Obviously he worked for Daryl Morey and uh, Daryl Morey was on, did some Chicago radio hits uh, after the hire and he was just lauding him and talking about that. Now, obviously we know Daryl Morey is a big guy into trades and we know that the Nuggets fleece the Bulls <laughs> at least once. Uh, it might have been a couple times. I, I, the Doug McDermott trade. That will forever with, go down. Just so yeah, cool. with Nurkic yeah, and Gary Harris. Like, that's like an infamous trade. Uh, so, yeah, just like philosophies. Is he uh, on the trade stuff? Uh, how to build a roster? What, 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 what can we expect there? 
So one more thing. Do not disclude Anthony Randolph, who is killing yes. it right now for, for Real Madrid. That's my guy. But uh, to look at what he is going to do to start to rebuild this team, I don't think you're going to look at the trade market. And I'm not necessarily sure if they're going to be um, absolute killers in free agency. They're not going to try and skip steps. If there's one thing that can kind of broadenly over you know the overarching opinion of what this nuggets front office does is continuity they were not going to settle they were not going to skip steps they were going to draft well they were going to develop their guys and they were going to trade them when they had high value and when it was clear that they were not a part of their vision so i do not anticipate them going out and trying to sign big name free agents to start this thing out i think you're going to see them try and draft around wendell carter and laurie markinen i think you're going to see them look at what can we get for chris dunn on the trade market can we find a way to get some more first round picks we find a way to bolster our overall stockpile of assets so that we can then at least be in these conversations. Because while Zach Levine gets you to the table, does Zach Levine get deals done for high level of trade targets? I don't think he does at this point. So I don't think you can just skip ahead to the, what can he do in free agency? What can he do on the trade market? Right. I think he's brought here to be a scout first and foremost to get this restarted. I think he is brought here to, because of his expertise globally to be able to diversify their scouting team, not just in the States and not just relying on Chicago athletes, but being able to branch out beyond that and look at Real Madrid and look at guys and that are in Lithuania, in Serbia, in France, in Greece, where we're seeing so many high-level players suddenly appear. So that's the way that I see his role starting. I don't know how well he'll do in terms of being a free agent pitch guy. I don't know how well he'll be in terms of being able to make trades happen. I do know he'll command respect when the phone rings and you see it's Arturis calling you. You won't think it's a joke. There's no messing around at that point and that's an important distinction in my opinion but i do not think he's going to go all in there to try and sign a big time free agent from the start very interesting i was planning on asking like what how do you think like what moves he might make and we maybe we'll talk about that a bit later but first a quick word from our sponsor bet online currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online sells hundreds of events games and props to wager on their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas right to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It's all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. So one of the uh, other hires the Bulls made from the Nuggets, it wasn't just AK. They also brought over Pat Connolly. Pat Connolly being the brother of Tim Connolly, the chief of the Nuggets. So I'm curious, TJ, what your experience was like dealing with Pat Connolly, what you know about him, what you know about the role he played in the organization, and how you think he can help the Bulls. So Pat Connolly, when he came to Denver, it was because he had just gotten fired by the Suns. And the Nuggets do not have a massive front office. So they brought Pat in to be an advisor of sorts because he can wear so many different hats. Pat has been a scout. Pat has been a director of pro personnel. Pat has been an assistant general manager. Pat has done everything in a front office mold of that variety. So when you talk about a person that you can drop into Arturis to help him throughout this process, someone who has seen all of these processes and someone who knows how to work with Arturis, Pat Connolly just fits so well in that regard. 
having a executive who can wear that many different hats for a first time lead executive like Arturis, I feel like is a very nice way to allow him to kind of wade into the pool and have support around him. And I find that very, very interesting. I don't know much about JJ Polk and how he'll be able to add to that, but I definitely know that um, Pat Connolly himself is going to be used in multiple different ways because they feel like his versatility is probably the key to what is going to be able to let him to do this best job that he can with that organization. And then how about Calvin Booth? Was that, again, rumored to be possibly coming over as well, GM? But I know, again, the Nuggets might promote him to take uh, to Karnish over his old job. Do you think they'll make make a move to to give him like a give him that promotion a raise? Do you think there's a chance to get him to Chicago if the bull if Karnashovas really wants him? It's going to be so interesting to see how this plays out because the Nuggets absolutely want Calvin Booth. From from what I understand, the Nuggets have quite a bit of confidence that they'll be able to keep Calvin Booth. With that being said, though, the Natug- the Nuggets are not a organization that notoriously is a high payer for executives and coaches. So if the Bulls decide to open up the pocketbook a little bit, this conversation might get much more murky all of a sudden. So I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I know Arturus values Calvin Booth an incredible amount. Calvin himself is one of the up-and-coming executives in basketball right now. He was in the running for the Minnesota Timberwolves executive job this past summer, and Tim Connolly cannot stop raving about how much he's grown in the past three years that he's been with Denver. He's a guy who played in the Irish League as much as he played in the NBA and is scouted all over the world as well and in terms of the diversity he is a man of color who would be able to fill that role and be able to do something that the bulls haven't done which is have a person of color in the general manager role so that's kind of something that i think arturis really wants to do but there's going to be a lot of competition for him and i wonder if this competition starts to leak out beyond these two teams at some point because calvin booth has become a hot commodity and he's a very very bright executive so i do wonder if that's going to get a little bit dicey for both parties in my opinion uh, the biggest move, or the first big move, I should say, Karnaschovas is going to have to make with the Bulls is, God help us, to hire a head coach. Because if Jim Boylan is the head coach of this team going into next season, I think that uh, Karnaschovas will immediately have three strikes against him right away. So this is the easiest move you can make, Karnaschovas, fire Boylan, hire a new coach. One potential name who was brought up by friend of the pod, Stefan No. He has a great Patreon newsletter he recently started that everyone who listens to Cash Considerations should absolutely subscribe to. Uh, Stefan brought up the name Wes Unseld Jr., who is currently an assistant, I believe, in his fourth year with the Nuggets, obviously the son of a Hall of Famer, of a legend, his father, Wes Unseld. Uh, so Stefan, you know, threw his name out there as a possible guy the Bulls could hire for their head coaching role. I listened to you bring up Wes Unseld on the Bulls HQ podcast with Mark and C. Red Fred when you said that uh, Tim Connolly was constantly like trying to get people to write about Wes Unseld and uh, have his praises be sung in the media a little bit. Do you think Wes Unseld is ready to be a head coach? What is sort of the M.O. of Wes Unseld in terms of his coaching philosophies? And, uh, you know, what have your experiences been like with him? So Wes is phenomenal. He is one of the one of the most kindest humans I've met. Like he always has time for you kind of people. It's very rare that you meet people like that in the NBA world because it's such a fast-paced world, but he's so down to earth and that is the basis for what makes him a great coach. Every player that I have ever talked to about Wes Unsell Jr., the second I say his name, they get a smile on their face. His ability to connect with players is undoubtedly real. He is very, very good at that and that would probably be his calling card as a head coach. 
um, in terms of his philosophies, he is a defensive-minded head coach. He is the one who got this Nuggets team to a top-10 defense somehow, despite the fact that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are put in pick-and-rolls every five minutes. And the fact that they're able to do that, it speaks to how um, willing he is to look outside the box to find interesting ways to be able to win basketball games. And there's not enough coaches who do that nowadays, in my opinion. He has no ego, so if you bring in an offensive mind to be able to rework the offensive systems, he wouldn't be you know, desperately grasping for control of his team. And he's just an easy guy to deal with. And in the NBA as a head coach, that is incredibly important in my opinion. So Wes Unseld is absolutely ready to be a head coach right now. And I think he deserves a chance to be a head coach. I'm not sure if the Nuggets, I'd be very interested to see how the Nuggets handle that. Because if the Nuggets all of a sudden have the possibility of losing Calvin Booth and Wes, Wes Unseld Jr. on top of Arturis Karnasovic and Pat Connolly, they might start thinking about declining interview requests, which is completely <laughs> against their nature. But that's four people, like really yeah. important individuals to your team. Um, so when it comes to Wes Unseld, he is absolutely ready to go. I'm just not sure how that'll play out. Um, one other name that I think is going to be an interesting one to look at, and this is speculating. I have not heard anything about this, but Chris Finch in New Orleans. He was the offensive coordinator for the Nuggets when they first unlocked Nikola Jokic. They were, he was also the offensive coordinator to get Boogie and Anthony Davis to work in New Orleans before Boogie got hurt. He would be so perfect for Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen and somebody who has a connection to our tourists from their time in Denver together. That is interesting. I didn't even think of that name. I was at, one of the popular names that's been going around is Adrian Griffin because there's obviously some uh, there's the connection with was they played at him and Karnashovas played at Seton Hall yeah. together. Uh, do you think do you think that'd be how I guess how cl- do you know how close they are? Like, are they actually really close? I know Griffin's been Griffin was an assistant with the Bulls under Tom Thibodeau. He's kind of been around. He's on Nick Nurse's staff right now. I feel like he's been kind of a name out there who's Seems like he's a guy who'd be ready to coach as well. Do you think that'd be a legitimate hire? It keeps sounding like it. To be honest with you, I don't know much about him individually, and Arturis has never brought him up when I've been around. I I haven't asked, so maybe they are close. I have not heard anything, though. I wish I could provide more to this part of the conversation, but I do feel like if you're a first-time you know, lead executive, you would rather try and find somebody a little bit more substantiated in the NBA as a head coach. Um, But that's just my own philosophy of you're a first-time executive, get somebody to make your life easy right. um but at the same time who knows that absolutely could be a guy there's a reason his name is constantly brought up it's not just air people are bringing him up for a reason so i do think that he would be on that board of possible candidates uh so one thing that happened this past season is that zach levine was apparently tied to the nuggets a little bit at the trade deadline there were some whispers that Uh, potentially the Nuggets made an offer for him or they were having some conversations with the Bulls about Zach Levine. Uh, I'm curious, did you even hear that on your end? Do you know the extent that those conversations went? And Levine, uh, under the Paxson and Foreman regime, he was kind of like the player that they were boosting up. Like, uh, this is our all-star. Vote for Zach Levine. They were pushing him really hard. Boylan said he was coaching him in the three-point contest. I don't know if Boylan's going to coach him in horse. I don't know if Boylan was coaching him in the 2K tournament, but it certainly looked like it did because Zach Levine got run out of the gym. So uh, we'll start with like the interest between Denver and Levine and then how you think Levine fits as a Karnaschovas type of player given what you know about Karnaschovas' evaluation style. You're putting me on the spot here because people actually haven't really talked about this in Denver, but I have heard that the Nuggets looked into getting Zach Levine at the trade deadline when their Drew Holiday talk stalled. 
Um, I didn't hear it from like six people. This, I, if I got it confirmed by uh, multiple people, I would have written on it. But I had heard inklings of his name. So this isn't completely out there anymore. Um, I do think that Karnasovis would like Zach Levine if there was a slight adjustment to the decision-making process. And when you got to remember, this is like fundamental through and through Arturis Karnasovis coming out of academies in Lithuania. Like he's not the kind of person who's like, yes, please go take 17 dribbles and take a 19-footer for me. That is going to drive him mental. But at the same time, Arturis respects talent. He respects work ethic and he respects people who want to be coached. And everything that I have seen is that Zach Levine is all of those things when the coach in question is worthy of coaching him so i 100 think that he could be the right guy but it's going to take work from both ends to make that marriage work so i do think that that'll be an interesting case study i look i look more at the front court though arturis is going to love that front court and i cannot wait to see what he does with an analytically forward mind like he has to get the most out of laurie markin as one of the best shooters at that position in basketball and wendell carter who has not been used in the right way for a single second with this bulls team so i really really want to see how that works out uh, you mentioned, you know, free agency and trades a little bit earlier. In my opinion, I would not be surprised if Markinen, Carter, Levine, Kobe White, any of these guys get shipped out within the next 18 months, let's say 24 months, probably uh, by the summer of 2021, just because to me, it's like the Bulls made a move here because what they had wasn't working. I think that Karnaschovas is likely going to want to put his own stamp on the roster. And one way he can do that is with trades. Another way he can do that is with free agency. Obviously, the Nuggets weren't a huge player in free agency. They did land uh, Paul Millsap a few years ago. Mostly they built that roster through the draft. Uh, but I'm curious. This is, I'm somewhat joking here, but just to get it off my chest, like what would you, would you be worried about the Bulls being a suitor for Nikola Jokic in, I think, the summer of 2024 or 2023? No, I, I don't think Nikola Jokic wants anything to do with any big market anything. I don't think he wants any of that. Like, he doesn't understand why we want to talk to him. Like, we show up and he's like, you guys want to talk to me? And we're like, you had a 30-20-10 game tonight. Like, yes, Nikola, can we please talk to you about basketball? So I'm not sure if the bright lights of Chicago and our tourists are ne- necessarily enough to pull him over there. Uh, that is, it's interesting, though, because one of the first things I thought of when our tourists got hired there was the Eastern European population that exists in Chicago and how important that is to Nikola Jokic because it's the second biggest Serbian population in the world to Serbia. So that is an interesting aspect aspect of it but again I, I don't see any chance of Nikola Jokic jumping ship he has said he wants to be the Tim Duncan of the Nuggets and be with one team all the way through so I do think he believes that I don't think Nikola Jokic has the ability within him to just completely lie in that way so it's going to be interesting to see but in terms of who he could trade though um, I, I think Chris Dunn is gone and I do wonder if he actually keeps some of these guys though because there's enough assets to move like you can move Zach Levine you can move Chris Dunn you can move Wendell you can move Larry Markenden you can move move Kobe White. That's not like they have one particular avenue to being able to restock their draft, you know, assets that they could get. So that's kind of how I look at it. I don't think Nikola Jokic has any chance of going there though. Uh, the, the point about, yeah, the front court point you made was interesting. That was, there's been, have been some rumblings about Markkanen being upset. Obviously, I think a lot of that might stem with from Boylan and just like not being used correctly. I mean, this was just a very frustrating year overall for the Bulls, but for Larry Markkanen in general, because we thought, that he was going to take the next step this season. 
and that and it was just a disaster basically right from the very start and he got hurt again he played poorly he had like one decent month but overall it's been kind of a mess so the fact that you think that he, that he will love this front court that really interests me that he'll that and you think he might keep them together and that just maybe hiring a new coach uh will be better so you think that you definitely think that Lowry, that he'll probably keep those guys together and at least see what they'll do with a new coach. That would be your guess? That's always how they've handled things in Denver. And that's all I can really pull from is the fact that they've done this for five years in Denver, where they have bought into the young prospects that they had. And I also know that the Nuggets valued Wendell Carter a ton during the draft, and Arturis was a part of that. So it's not like they don't have interest in these guys. Arturis absolutely liked Wendell beforehand, and I know he liked Lowry as well. And when I when I start talking about why I think they fit so well with Arturis's vision when you start talking about a dynamic front court that can make you play in multiple different ways I think you start with a floor spacing and shot blocking four and the most dynamic kind of center that you can get in a Wendell Carter Al Horford type of a player in that archetype or a mold that's how you really build a dynamic DHO heavy backdoor cuts get a lot of off-ball movement get Zach Levine going downhill without having him just dribble eight times those are the kind of players you want for those kind of schemes. So I do think that Arturis would do what he can to see what he has and then really make heavy decisions at trade deadline or after the season. Because to be real, how much better can these guys' value get? It can only go higher. Right. All their value is low. Why would you sell that low right now? Arturis has never been that way either. So I do think you'll give them a real shot. Uh, here's the last thing I got for you. After listening to you on the Bulls HQ podcast and on your appearance today, I would say my main takeaway is that you are pretty optimistic about the state of the Nuggets. You seem to be uh, far less cynical than we are about our Bulls. I think Bulls fans, no one has more skepticism and no one is more cynical than Bulls fans when it comes to evaluating their own team. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, where are you at with the Nuggets moving forward with Denver's team? How do you think they are positioned in the future? What do you think they need to do to, you know, take the next step as an NBA contender? Do you think they are already at that level and that, you know, maybe they could have made a finals run in the West this year uh, or they still can if the season resumes? I'm just curious, uh, you know, what, what the state of the Nuggets is to you So as someone who follows them and covers the team daily. They're trying to figure out how to go from contender to absolutely contending. And that's obviously the hardest part. You know, it's the, you know, the favorite adage in sports that it's the last 10% to contending for a title that's the toughest stretch to get through. And they're trying to figure that out right now. Um, I think they're one piece away. I think you need to make a Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday kind of a trade to really get this team to where they need to be. Um, Jamal Murray has been too, too, too turnover prone. The three-point shooting has just disappeared. Gary Harris has had more injuries than months played in the past two years. It's just been a lot of weird small issues that have not allowed this Nuggets team to ever be at their absolute best for more than a week. And that's really what they need is to find a way to raise that floor so that when they actually start operating at their highest peak efficiency, they can really contend. I don't think they can contend this year. I think they would lose to the Lakers or the Clippers in a playoff series. Um, I just don't think they have enough yet. But with that being said, they're the third youngest roster in basketball. So there's obviously a deep of deep breath. Let's see what happens next year. A pandemic just struck and ended basketball. So like, let's just reevaluate when we see how things come back around. And that's really where I'm at is we just need to see where they are at after this. If Gary Harris gets healthy, if Jamal Murray finally starts taking more than five threes a game, if Nikola Jokic actually cares about basketball for the first six weeks of the season, those kinds of things make a massive difference for this Nuggets team in terms of my overall opinion of their ability to contend. So I just need to see more. That's really where I'm at. 
the Gary Harris thing has just been like brutal. It's just it's just been an injury thing with him. It was just like he has tailed off so much, and because it was what a couple years ago when he signed that extension, and he was coming off a great season, and he's just tailed off. And I'm just like, what is going on there? And I, I, Jamal Murray also was kind of fascinating. Was we've we've talked on on our pod just about like I feel like him. He's he obviously got whatever the max deal, the max extension, and we've kind of talked about him being in that. Like when we talked about Zach Levine, like how good is Zach Levine? We've we've talked about like Levine, Devin Booker, Jamal Murray. Like where like where do you think like Jamal Murray is? Like can he take that next step? Like is that is that going to be a brutal contract when that is that kicking this year or next year? Whatever yeah. that whenever that is. Like I guess just th- that backcourt in general. Like that's kind of fascinating. Like if Harris can get back to form and if Murray can take that step, like where do you where are you on those two guys? So Gary Harris has had twelve different lower body injuries in the last twenty four months. So that is just devastating for a jump shot. There is no rhythm. You have no lift. You can't get any consistency behind it. And whenever you are playing, you're playing catch up when your team's in mid season form. So for Gary, he's been playing catch up for eighteen months. So after the All Star break, he was shooting fifty percent from three on like six attempts a game, and his uh, scoring at the rim went way up as well so i do have faith that gary harris could bounce back um so that i'm not as worried about gary harris jamal murray on that maximum contract extension might end up being talked about like andrew wiggins when he got his max that's my hot take i am nuggets fans are gonna love jamal murray on a rookie deal and they're gonna hate him on a max contract he just isn't that guy yet and i was told when they signed him to the max contract they were not expecting him to produce like a max player for the first year or two they understand he's like 22 years old and playing right. point guard. But at the same time, that doesn't change the optics. That doesn't change how fans feel. That doesn't change if you're losing in the playoffs because he can't hold on to the ball and he can't guard Derek White who put 32 on his head. Like you can't do those things if you're going to be a max contract player. So I very much so worry about it. And beyond even just those two, they're too small. When you have two guys 6'4 in the backcourt in this day and age of the NBA, you can't do that. You can't win. You need bigger wing defenders at that shooting guard spot now, or you need a big point guard like Shea Gilgis-Alexander types who can, who can be able to fit that role. So I, I really question if the Nuggets have enough in the backcourt right now. I would love to see maybe Will Barton play some point, maybe try and find a guy like Bradley Beal, like Drew Holiday, who can add some size and some bulk and just some overall talent level to that end of the floor. But I don't think it's enough to win a title right now now that's totally fair yeah because the, the the murray thing was when we've talked about like zach levine's contract like he's only making like 19 million a year and like when it happened it was like it was coming off the acl thing and it like it seemed really bad when it happened was he just like he was terrible when he came back from the acl naturally and like they matched whatever they matched the offer he got from the kings but like ultimately like it's 19 million a year in this day and age for like a pretty good score at least like the scoring that he does like that's not bad so like you compare that to guys like whatever murray and booker's obviously murray's better than or booker's better than murray but just those huge deals like you just you really do just wonder how those are going to turn out obviously like you mentioned murray is really young but it'll be fascinating to see how the nuggets do um that's all for me ricky you're, you're good here yeah thanks for joining us tj yep. uh everyone should go listen to tj's nuggets podcast also on the blue wire network rocky mountain hoops is that correct tj Sir, that is exactly right. And tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and read your work covering Denver. Yes, at TJ McBride MBA on Twitter. I tweet way too much. Well, at least I used to before <laughs> the pandemic. Um, but you can go to mileisports.com, read anything about any Colorado sports, and subscribe to Rocky Mountain Hoops and every other Blue Wire podcast show out there. So thank you guys again. It's a lot of fun. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. And yes, as he mentioned, listen to all those other Blue Wire pods. We're put, pumping out content. Shout out to the guys over at the Chase Down. Uh, they did a whole series on the Cavs uh, winning 2016 NBA Finals. They did a pod for each game. They had some great guests. They had a bunch of athletic writers. They had Bomani Jones, Larry Nance Jr. So they're going through that right now to help Cavs fans and just NBA fans in general get through this coronavirus pandemic. So please go check that out. It's great stuff over there by them. And then obviously, again, as always, all across the Blue Wire Network, we're putting out good stuff. Brush here at Cash Considerations. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those places. So thanks again to TJ for coming on. It's been Jason Pat, Ricky O'Donnell for Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll see. There's probably going to be more Bulls news coming out in the next week as Arturis Karnaschovas makes his GM hires. Maybe Jim Boylan will get fired soon, even though he thinks he's not going to be. We'll pray, pray, let's hope that that is not the case. But uh, for, all, for us here at Cash Considerations, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.